Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Uh, Matt, uh, the the win projections here, we were talking about in the previous segment. uh, If Kansas City at 11.5, Tampa Bay at 10.9, Buffalo at 10.6. I can't argue with any of those. No, they're really solid teams. The Ravens at 10.1. And we talk about the Steelers. They have a difficult schedule, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We talk about the difficult schedule that the AFC North has to play Mm -hmm. this year. The Bengals, Browns, and Ravens also play top 10 hardest schedules this year. Yeah, yeah. They have the the Ravens at 10.1 wins, the the Browns at at 10 wins, playing in the same division, and you also have the Steelers in there. The Bengals aren't awful. No, the Bengals aren't awful. When win projections, one of the first things I do, like, hey, should I bet the over-under on these guys' win projections? I like to look at the division and narrow it down. you got six games in the division – what do you guess their record will be in the division? And if you look just at the AFC North teams, I doubt the Bengals go 0-6. I mean, they'll probably beat somebody. So that doesn't leave a ton of wins for the other three teams within the division. I mean, do you think the Bengals or like do you think— 4-2 probably wins, you know— 4-2 the, the, good. I think every team should take it if they yeah. get 4-2. The AFC North winner probably goes 4-2. and two. Uh, Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Like, I have a lot of respect for Baltimore, and I don't have a problem with their win projection. They're not going to go six and zero in the division. No, you know they probably the Steelers won't go won five the division last year, going four and two in the division. Yeah, right. And the division looks better or more competitive than ever. So there's not a lot of wins to go around in the North. It makes it it makes it hard to, to start stacking those yeah. wins. Um, again, when you have two teams who are in the top five in win totals, that means you're going to dominate outside your division. Yeah, they cannibalize each other a little bit in the real world. Um, you know, but. Uh, you know, again, that, that extra game that was added, Baltimore plays uh, the Rams. Some, is that the Rams? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Cleveland plays probably Arizona. Arizona. Right. Um, and since he gets since he gets San Francisco. San Francisco like, you know, everybody said, well, the Steelers, they got to play the Seahawks. Well, those other teams have tough games, too. The West's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, since he didn't get a, 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 an easy situation for being a last-place team. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, again – Running these simulations, everybody gets kind of close to the the middle, and that's not how the league works. We didn't have Baker Mayfield for all of October and went zero and four, but we were super hot down the stretch when he came back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, 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 these all project. We, you know, they run t- ten thousand simulations, and all the outliers then fall off. But there's all outliers are littering the league right now. I'm just now. wondering, like the Colts come in at 9.1 wins. Right, I'll does go that, under on that. Does that take into account not having your starting quarterback in Quentin Nelson for the first month? Maybe, maybe, maybe. They, I mean, they're still saying five to twelve weeks. Like that's like saying I've got I've got eight to, to twenty five years to live. You know? <laughs> like we're supposed to be getting news on that in the next week or two. Like I guess when the swelling goes down post surgery, they'll be like, oh, it's gonna be a short one or a long one. You that's can't make it's... any projections on that until the you like right. I, but I assume considering they both had foot surgery, mm-hmm. neither one of them is playing in the opener. I think that's a long shot. That's less than point. a month away. And Wentz won't have any reps with his new team. And by the, the way, Quentin Nelson's. A three hundred pound man. Mm-hmm. That's a foot injury. Mm-hmm. Like you, you really get. Or his doctor's really right. going to give him the okay. Okay, hey, Quentin, go out there and run around on your on your three hundred pound. You know, he's the, more than three hundred pounds. Yeah, right. Yeah. With somebody else leaning on you, and, and yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Right. And the Colts are going to look at it and say, yeah, you're going to play seventeen games this year, Quentin, on that on that surgically repaired foot at, at three hundred and twenty pounds. And, and with him, in, you're going to play it safe with him. You got to play it safe with him. Yeah. Uh, again, I I don't quite understand. I mean, they probably look at it like they'll go. Four and two in their division, 
which I don't know that they will. Well, that's I great, mean, but we've talked before about their their five first five games of the season. They'll go zero and five to start the season. They very well could. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe even if they were one hundred percent healthy, I yeah. think they'd probably win one or two of those. So I, I don't know where you get into nine point two wins for them on the, mm-hmm. on these projections. And I think their defense is good, but it's not great. Great. Yeah. You know, they get the Dolphins projected at nine point three wins based on what? Yeah, I don't see that. Like they've got them as one of the top. They get them. I mean, they have they're more the, quarterback the next questions best than Pittsburgh. Win, win total after Seattle. Seattle yeah, was ten. They've got the Dolphins at eleven. Based on uh, two stinks. Their offensive line might be worse than Steelers. Their skill positions look really impressive. Two is a bigger question mark than Ben. Without a doubt. Without a question. I mean, we've yeah. seen what five or six games of them, and they weren't super impressive. He he was winning last year, so oh, two is great. You know, right, right, right. It's, no, I, mean, I respect for Flores, and I think they have a pretty good defense. But it's not in the same tier as the Steelers. They get they had some some. Ball. They were the luckiest team. They had the some ball luck last year. Yes, and I know that that there's no luck. They they lived off turnovers. It's an oblong ball mm-hmm. that bounces strange ways, and it bounced their way a lot last year. A lot last year, and I don't have all the metrics available, but one of them's turnovers. They they generated a ridiculous number of turnovers. I think there were some some goofy things like they. They recovered ninety percent of their fumbles. They, uh, they and, played a game against the Chargers. It helps that. You yeah, block, right, block right, a couple right. of kicks. You know that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But no, they. It's it's unlikely that they'll be as fortunate as they were last year. They're going to need to be better to get to the same win total, and they might be. I'm not super certain on it. I, I think they're a good team of bad, bad, bad. Take a pretty big step forward, compete for the playoffs. Now a little step Take back. That regression. That's usually how teams work. That regression, yeah. Uh, the Broncos are another team that come in at eight point eight. They're a tough one for me. They're a lot like the Patriots. You don't for have me. a quarterback. Like, they got to win a lot of close, low-scoring games, and your, their division does not set up well for that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're going to give Mahomes the ball back. Oh, we'll just punt back to KC, or you know, eh, you we're going to we're going to get you know get into a, a, a shootout with Herbert with Teddy Bridgewater. Right, right, right. You're going to lose that. Shootout. And again, you know, we brought up the stat in the past that Teddy Bridgewater. What was it? Seven games last year. He's a seven one-score games last yeah. year. And he was one and six in those games. He's the better's favorite guy to bet on because Teddy always gets points. He always keeps it close, and you don't care but if he doesn't the team win. loses. Yeah. But they cover the Teddy team covers. You know, Teddy plus seven, they lose by six. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Just good enough to get yeah. you beat. I don't know many of the quarterbacks' records versus spreads, but his is like ridiculously good for that yeah. reason because nobody respects him much, so he gives him a big number because he's not very good. But he doesn't get blown out. Yeah, uh, it's it's, I, I I don't know. I mean, I I just look at those those projections. Um, I don't know that Vic Fangio is a good head coach either. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, think we he's don't know amongst the best defensive, defensive minds in the league. Yeah, absolutely. But he might be that Peter Principle guy that boy he should be X and O and up and in charge of the defense. I, I don't know if he's a leader of men, decision maker on game day, deal with his quarterback mess, and if Locke plays, they're going to turn the ball over a ton. Yeah. Um, Denver's interesting to me, but I don't know if they know how to win either. I can't. I, I can't say without a like. I guarantee there are two or three of these teams that are ahead of the Steelers on this list mm-hmm. that aren't going to be good. I think some of those teams again. Ahead I think on it the comes list. back to the, the the track record. Which teams do you trust? That's what I was to say. I think several of those teams: Denver, certainly Miami. I can't say the the Patriots are a lot more fragile than the Steelers. Do you trust the Browns? No, 
Yeah. I, I trust him more than I ever have, but I've never trusted happen, him as far like, as I can what, throw. What happens to the Browns if they because they've been hyping this? They open with Kansas City in mm-hmm. Kansas City. Good luck with that. Oh no, they'll lose that game. Yeah. What if they get smoked in that game? And then you're reading your press clippings and because you know, mm-hmm. and you give Andy Reid a full off season. Oh yeah, you give they're him a coming week, out. They're coming out with right. something that, that I guarantee you, nobody's ever seen before. Oh yeah, yeah. Hundred percent true, and they could absolutely beat the Browns by three touchdowns in that game, and then all of a sudden the Cleveland and they'll run it up, and everyone will be watching it. Oh yeah, because Cleveland's been talking. Oh yeah, we're going to play these guys twice. We're going to, you know, this is the first of two meetings, all that stuff. Tyree Kill's going to be dancing in the fourth quarter with his third touchdown. (laughs) I mean, I I can already see that, and you're right. I mean, and then does that, you know, does the house of cards fall down? It's one year, but I think they have a coach. I mean, he was that's, coach of the year. That, that's all well and good. that's different than being Tomlin, Belichick, and being consistent year after year. You know, I mean, it's one year. It's a. I think it's just a very fragile mindset. I think it's fragile. Mindset. I think yeah. Miami's very fragile. I think they're feeling, hey, we went into Kansas City last year, and we played with those guys. That's why they're, they're you know, feeling. And we've, right. we've made all these upgrades. But then you go into that opener and get smoked. Right, right. Different story. And I don't know if the Steelers are equipped to do this, but when the Browns and Steelers meet next, if the Steelers smoke them, it's going to be like the big brother of one nice day. Yeah. Or the little brother of one nice day, and then he I'll comes out to I'll be honest with you, that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. I mean, just because you I one saw the Steelers game, whip right. them in Pittsburgh last year. I over saw and over and over I was right. at the game in Cleveland where they, the Steelers could have won that game with, with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. And T.J. Watt sitting on the bench and Cam Hayward sitting on the bench. And Yeah. I, I mean, I know— All of a sudden, it's not they're the inferior team. I, I don't know that they're markedly better— than the Steelers is to this point. Mm-hmm. I think they're a good team. I'm not. I, oh, I'm I do not, too. I'm not going to discount build it right. Yeah, uh, I'm impressed with the organization for the first time since they've been back. But I don't know that they are are markedly markedly better than the Steelers. I 100 agree. And the I, I know they're coach, not. Mar- I mean, are they markedly better than the Ravens? No, the Ravens smoked them last oh, year. Oh, I too. trust the. Ra- I don't think the Ravens are fragile at all. You know, I think the Ravens are a rock. Where I think Cleveland's fragile. Yeah. Um, we saw it before. Two years ago, it was a much different head coaching situation. But it, the, the the off season of Odell, you know, the, the Browns are ready to take the big step, and Labs is sitting there with us, like, let's see them when they return, you know, when, when they deal with the travel and the expectations, and they fell apart. Yeah, there are the people in Cleveland are already complaining. Some of their their media people that the Browns have to travel on Christmas this year. Get used to it. If you're good, this right, is what right, happens. Right. This is what happens. You know, the right. Steelers played on Christmas like. Two years in the last yep. two of the last four years played on Thanksgiving, played on like New mm-hmm. Year, like every holiday you're playing because you're so you get used to those things. Yes. Well, now welcome to the big leagues. Cleveland. Right, right, right. This is a, you're a top tier team that people want to watch. You know, that's, be careful what you wish for. And Stefanski to me, it was a very deserving Coach of the Year candidate. But his job last year was make Baker's life easy, put something together, get us to the playoffs. Now. We expect you to be a double-digit win team and contend not only for the division, but if you're not a playoff team, you're a failure. Right. You should be You go in one and mix. done in the playoffs, you're a failure. You're, it's not good enough. Yeah. That's a lot different world to live in. And There's also this, Matt. Now that you've put yourself on the radar, everybody spent the offseason oh, studying yeah. your offense. Okay, here you yeah. didn't know what it was going to – you had some ideas what it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Sure, you watched what, him in Minnesota. Yeah, here's right, what he right, did right. in Minnesota. But he's got different personnel. So how's it, how does it work this year yeah. with this with who this they lean on, who they trust yeah. on third and six, you know. Now you look at it and go, okay, you spent the entire offseason 
looking at this, okay, well, here's what we're going to do defensively against mm-hmm. these guys. Here's what we need, you know. So I think that changes. Yep. The, I have the ultimate respect for the Ravens, and I always talk them up on these airwaves, but they're going through that right now, too, where the league, they're not taking anybody by storm anymore or by surprise. Their offense isn't nearly as complex as people think it is. It's a lot of window dressing, yeah. but it's a lot of basic plays, and everybody plays the Ravens the same. If you can throw and beat us outside the numbers, you you know we're going to give you that. You know, we're going to put a lot of bodies think, in them. You know, I think the Steelers kind of opened up the, you know, their their thing with with them is okay. We'll, we'll let the other guys run against us, but we're going to beat Lamar up. See, I don't understand why more teams don't take that blueprint. I mean, some do, but the Steelers going back to Cam Newton conversation. That was a Thursday night, right? And he was here. Yeah. And McCaffrey's running all over the place, and they beat the snot out of Cam. Yeah. And, he hasn't been the same since. He hasn't been the same <laughs> since. He really hasn't. You're 100% right. And they do it to Lamar all the time. And when all these running quarterbacks have come in and they do the read option, you put yourself in jeopardy. I mean, nobody's blocking that. It's an unblocked defender. It's an unblocked you defender, dis- you make- and you're li- you are absolutely live. And it's often Bud Dupree. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not <laughs> Mike Hilton, you know. So... I have always never understood. I've said this a lot. Like, just hit the quarterback. I mean, ask Al Davis, Chuck Knoll, you know, Bill Parcells. Let's just affect the quarterback. That's yeah. what we want to do. And on then defense. when he actually has to throw the football, he's a little more hesitant. It's like a, it's like a boxer in, in round ten. He's not the same guy that he was in round one. No, he's you know, more hesitant. You punched him in the face, you know, 150 times, yep. and, you know, in the first the first ten rounds. And it, that it has an effect. Point, you're super confident. You've been doing it forever. You got you freeze everybody, and Lamar's real, you know. But now he's peeking out the side, and yeah. like, boy, I just got hit in the ear. I mean, it's not much fun. <laughs> I, and yes, I mean, I, I think defenses are afraid. We don't want Dobbins to run for 200 yards on us. Okay, is that going to beat you? Is yeah. that enough to keep up with the offense? If yeah. that's all they got. So I don't know. I think you will see more of that. But it shocks me that the league hasn't taken that to the next level. And not take cheap shots on the quarterback, but put him on his butt every time you can. Yeah. I mean, even if it's just a bump afterwards and he goes rolling backwards, you know? The Steelers have been pretty successful against that guy. Very much it's, so. It's, you know, two of those seven losses that he had mm-hmm. in his career were against the Steelers. Right, right, right. Like, But, I mean, I think they're at a crossroads. And, you know, not only that, it's just everyone's putting a lot of bodies between the numbers and a lot of guys that can run, you know, that, that can all – there's no reason putting nose tackles on the field against those guys. Right. Even if you could push backwards, he's never going to catch Lamar anyway. Yeah. And they leave corners on islands outside, and – I think I think their coaching's a little overrated offensively. You know that everyone talks about Roman is well. Look what he did with Kaepernick, and now he invented this Lamar offense. It's he very predictable. He didn't invent the Lamar offense. The no. Lamar offense was invented in the forties and fifties. Right, this winky <laughs> stuff, you know, right? But he's got to evolve the Lamar offense. Right. That's, that's the, the that's the next step. Right, and that goes back to the Browns. The Browns need to evolve. Like you take it's. The first two steps are easy. Staying there is hard. Staying there is very difficult. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Alan Fanica, his Hall of Fame speech. We'll do that right after this. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. Ryan 
Jeremiah Martina in here doing the show for us. We got different music today. It's, yeah, a little different feel. I like it. A little heavier in this. Yeah, show. right. <laughs> Stop screwing around on a Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a little wake up call there. Uh, Alan Fanica, for those of you who stayed up last that night, that was offensive line music. That was yeah, offensive yeah, line was. music. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like I, paving the way. Yeah, Alan Fanica's walk-in music is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he gave his induction speech last night. I know, uh, you know, a lot of uh, Steeler fans didn't stay Saturday didn't to Sunday. Nights, they couldn't right, do both right. nights. I get it. Sure. Um, but you had work to do. Maybe you didn't, uh, couldn't stay up and watch that last night. So I did want to play back Alan Fanica's induction speech from uh, Sunday night. Um, good stuff from, from Alan. Uh, yeah. Another great night of Hall of Fame stuff in general. It was good stuff. Yeah. Really happy that, that he, he got into the Hall of Fame. Six years as a finalist. Like that's tough. That's tough. You know, you, you because the finalists, the, the people, they get their hopes up. They and, have you know. to go to the Super Bowl every year and I sit know. in a hotel room waiting for that knock, and then it doesn't come, and it's like you talk about a flawed system. I think that's oh, crazy. that's ridiculous. You, you sit there and you hope somebody bangs on the door. You know, Mr. Baker, yay! I you talked know, to him about that a couple of years ago, and he's like, you know, the first couple times you go, it's cool, you know, and you're right, excited. right, right, right. And then like the you know, third, and you brush it off the first third, time, fourth, you fifth time, you're like. I've done this. I gotta go to the, you know, I gotta go to Minneapolis to, to wait for a, a knock that's not gonna come. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And when do you know that? Well, it, 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 the clock hits nine. He's not gonna knock it. They've been like, when's he gonna show up? I think they call. You know, it, it, say you didn't make you it. Didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some intern call and say, oh, sorry, we no knock for you. Yeah, I mean, I know a couple of years ago when I did the the uh, induction or his uh, presentation, I was kind of talking to some different guys on the bus on the way over mm-hmm. we went from the from we didn't know you didn't know the results yet yeah so i was texting back and forth with him to see if he you know he had heard anything if he'd gotten a knock and i'm like i'm telling him what i was here i'm like well, yeah, yeah. i think it's like 50 50 you know we'll see um and then he didn't get the knock and you know it's obviously disappointed of course so yeah. you, you could you could see the excitement Six years in a row you could see the excitement on his face this year and he talks a little bit about that yeah let's dig into it uh, so let's hear cool. what alan fanica had to say last night for his induction ceremony into the pro football hall of fame I want to hold you up, Warren. I'll be in trouble. There are quite a few players that epitomize Pittsburgh Steelers football. One of those is Alan Fanica. The team had a pretty good hunch that that would be the case when they drafted him out of LSU with their first round pick back in 1998. It was apparent by week six of his rookie year when he made his first start at left guard, when the Steelers gained over 250 yards rushing that day. From then on, Allen would miss only two starts for the rest of his 13-season, 206-game career. Yikes. It was apparent to everybody else as well. He made nine straight Pro Bowls. Only five guards have ever played and more. He blocked for 9,000-yard rushers and was an easy choice for the NFL's all-decade team of the 2000s. Four times he started in the AFC Championship games, including one with the New York Jets. And then it was Super Bowl 40, third quarter. Perfect block. 
sprung Willie Parker for a 75-yard touchdown run against Seattle. Still the longest in Super Bowl history. Pittsburgh was on its way to the Lombardi Trophy. Oh, <laughs> now this is pretty interesting. Remember I said he played 206 games, right? He was flagged for holding four times. Now, first of all, that's nearly impossible. But second of all, Allen says, I think they should go back and check the films. Four seems too high. Uh, to present him, great Steeler teammate, Heinz Ward. In 13 seasons playing for the Steelers, Jets, and Cardinals, Alan Fanica's game matched his understated demeanor. So when we got drafted, we both came in together in 1998 for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I just loved that accent that he had, that Louisiana accent. Let's go, Red. All day long, man. Let's go. But we call him Big Red, man, and the guy was just, I mean, enormous in size, but yet still down-to-earth guy. He really wasn't over-the-top crazy loud. He just was just an even-kill player. He rarely drew attention to his six-foot-five-inch frame. With just three offensive holding penalties accepted in his final 10 seasons, the six-time first-team All-Pro guard demonstrated his signature excellence on the game's biggest stage, bulldozing momentum toward a victory in Super Bowl XL. There's one particular play, um, Willie Parker's touchdown. He's on his way, look out. Quick race, 45, 50. Willie Parker, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Willie, touchdown. I mean, if you go back and look at it, you have Alan Fanica pulling uh, around, getting this guy. And I think that just resembled uh, what the Pittsburgh Steelers are. You know, we're really not flashy players or anything. We just go about our business and do the little things right. Alan Fanica made a heck of a block. You can see him pulling, get that block that sprung Parker. That's why he may be the best guard in the league. Alan and I will always be tied to the hip on uh, Super Bowl 40. I love him. I love his family. I love what he, what he means to the city of Pittsburgh and, and how he represents the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Hold on. I am honored and privileged to present my friend, Alan Fanica, for enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting Alan Fanica for enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Heinz Ward. Thank you.
Thank you to all of you, my family, friends, and to the entire Hall of Fame team, my 2021 classmates, and to my friend, teammate, presenter, in one day taking his rightful place up on this stage, Heinz Ward. The thunderous knock on my door came Saturday, January 23rd at 11.36 a.m. The fact that I was actually being invited to become a member of this extraordinary football fraternity is hard to put into words. Perhaps the best word is simply gratitude. There are thousands of young boys around the country who dream of playing in the NFL. I was one of them. My dream was awakened in high school at the age of 15, when one day we were pushing the five-man sled up and down the field, when one of my coaches, Don Carter, noticed me working extremely hard and said, Alan here is going to be playing on Sundays. This was the beginning of his pep talk to the guys to do better, because he saw that I was always working harder to be better. When I heard this, my eyes got big and I couldn't tell you the rest of what he said. But that's when my dream to play in the NFL began. Thank you, Coach, for that and so much more. Fifteen was a transformative year for me. My dream of playing in the NFL was awakened, and I was diagnosed with epilepsy. I instinctively knew that I was not going to let anything prevent me from fulfilling this dream. I knew as long as I listened to my doctors and followed their guidance, along with a strong support system, I would be fine. I have always told myself and spoken about the fact that epilepsy is part of me, but it does not define me. We are in charge of our destiny. I never want any health challenges to define us. We must define ourselves. Whatever one's challenge in life, whether we have a disability or not, my message is always to maintain an integral commitment to not let anything stop us from fulfilling our vision. Be resilient. We all get knocked down in life, but it's how we get up that matters. Now, to the Tigers. I've always strived to embody the spirit of LSU. Love purple, live gold. The memories and lessons learned from my time with you are forever ingrained in my character. Go Tigers! To the Jets and Cardinals, where I was privileged to complete my career. To everyone in these organizations, it was an honor. Now, on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to thank the late Ambassador Rooney and Art Rooney 
for cultivating a culture where teammates become true brothers and your benchmarks for success are relentlessly high. We inspire a city. And Steeler Nation, you inspire us. Many people helped me throughout my career. None more impactful than the coaches I learned from, who shared their wisdom both on and off the field. To my off-field wellness team, and to the team doctors and trainers who kept me in one piece, taped me up and stitched me back together, tolerated my yelling, hurry up, so I could get back out on the field. The men in the equipment room who took care of every detail, so all I had to do was think about playing. And to the support staff, the unsung heroes, without your efforts and dedication, so much would be lost. As I stand up here this evening, I do not stand alone. Without my teammates, all of you, I would not be here today. We laughed, we cried, we celebrated. And through it all, we leaned on each other. We genuinely care for each other. And through football, we grow as men. My brothers, I love you guys. You are all standing with me tonight. Now, my other teammates, my pal and father, Alan Sr., and my devoted mother, Leanne, I love you. Without your support and the values that you instilled in me, I would not have found my way up here. Thank you for everything you sacrificed to help this kid make his dreams come true. Thank you. My children, Annabelle, Burton, and Penelope, Words alone cannot effectively express how much love your mother and I have for you. It is such a joy to watch the three of you grow. Your strength, courage, and bright outlook on life provide both of us with a true sense of wonderment for what lies ahead. Our message to you going forward, through kindness, understanding, and integrity, you will overcome anything. Be true to yourself. Know anything is possible. Follow this path, and you will be fulfilled. I may have been able to play as a champion on the field, but my beautiful wife, Julie, You are my champion. And as I push myself and my teammates to achieve, your belief in me fueled my desire to believe in myself. Sweetheart, I'm in awe of your love and unwavering dedication to our family. Without your support, I definitely would not be the man I am. I appreciate everything you did, everything you sacrificed, 
for this. I enjoy every second of our journey together. I love you with all I know. In closing, there are choices, decisions, and sacrifices that each of us as athletes who play this great game must make every day. The choices we make outside of football are even greater because they aren't simply game choices, they are life choices. The sacrifice and discipline to choose to be the best kinds of fathers, husbands, and respected leaders we can possibly be is greater than any responsibility we ever had to deal with in football. These values are foundational. I know I would not have this amazing life if God had not given me the opportunity to choose football. Thank you very much. That was uh, Alan Fanica's very moving speech last yeah, night. Good stuff. Uh, good stuff. His, he, you know, talking to his, his wife and a lot of the guys. That that would be a, a, a tough one. You know, you're you're thanking everybody. Mm-hmm. You have to thank your wife. Oh, of course. In those I situations, mean, the wives, NFL wives, just professional sports wives. Right. It's you're you're a essentially grind. a single mother for a lot of a lot of the time. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, some of these. Highly successful guys, go, you know, make a lot of money and you know provide a great, uh, you know, family. Kind of like our families are. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the coaches in particular stand yeah. out to me. I mean, none of the coaches started out on Easy Street, no. and they spend way more time away from the home. You know, Jimmy Johnson, Cower, those guys brought it up. Than the players, but a player's life is not as rosy as people think. It's a lot of moving. Hard on the kids too. Yeah, you know, like yeah, for sure. Oh, you made all these friends, and you were here for Pittsburgh for so many years. Now we're going to New York. You know, <laughs> uh, you know. and then you spent two years in New York for in Fanica's case. Now we're going to Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. I mean, the other thing people don't think about is, like, in recruiting, it was culture shock for some of the kids. You pick up this inner city Miami kid in December, never seen you know snow or the city or anything north in his whole life. Scared to death, you know, and you give him a winter coat because he doesn't have one. And I know these guys are men and they're drafted, but like if you're from Louisiana, are you psyched about living in the Big Apple? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's this a little isn't different for me, it's right? A little you know different. I mean? yeah. yeah, there's a, a human aspect of it. Absolutely, and uh, I think he did a good job of bringing Excellent. that human aspect into it. As did Troy Polamalu, Bill yeah. Cower. A yeah. lot of the guys did that. Uh, but we're gonna take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back to finish up the show right after this. On the arm of Terry Bradshaw. From Bradshaw and the Steel Curtain. Welcome back. It's time for the Fantasy Football Focus. It's how we close out the show every day. And, uh, Matt, I wanted to try something a little different today in the Fantasy Focus, and that is uh, we're going to draft a team uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end Mm -hmm. from each division the rule is, though, you can only take one player from each team. There's four teams in yep, each division. Yep. So we can't take Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek. Right. So you can't <laughs> right. do that. We're going to do the <laughs> right. AFC North today since we you know, cover the Steelers. and um, So we can take a, a quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, and running back from Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. But you can only take one guy from each team. Got it. So who's your quarterback? See, this division's loaded at receiver and running backs. So I think you have to start with this team build of 
who's my tight end, who's my quarterback. But I think both those guys play on the Ravens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So would you rather have Burrow and Andrews or Lamar and Hooper Ebron? Big drop-offs. It's a big drop-off, and it, you know you, you also have to take into account, okay, so Andrews, is he that much better than the next best tight end as opposed from... I think it's a pretty big gap. From Lamar, is Lamar to the next to quarterback, is that a... They're both huge gaps in my see, Yeah, right. So, which do you prefer? I mean, Lamar to me is probably my second quarterback. Well, you, you take, you take oh, let's start a quarterback. Go ahead and take you. Who, who would be your quarterback? I guess Lamar. Okay. I'm going to go the, the Burrow route on this one. Okay. I'll, I'll take Burrow. And so you end up with Andrews? Yes. Okay. Who's your, who's your running back? Harris. Okay. I'm going to take, so I've got Burrow. I'm going to take Chubb. Okay. And we could both pick the same guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that leaves me Chase as my receiver. Okay. And Hooper as my tight end. For my receiver, I am going to take. You've been taking the Steeler yet, right? I haven't taken the Steeler yet, so I'm going to take Deontay Johnson. Yeah, yeah, got it. So I've got Burrow, Chubb, and Deontay Johnson. So I still have to take a Raven. Gee, I wonder who I'm going to pick. Yeah, I mean, identical, <laughs> right? What do you have then? You've got Jackson. I have Jackson, Najee, and Chase. Chase. Hooper. You got two rookies. <laughs> Hooper's scary to me. <laughs> you got to take Hooper? Right. Or you could take Njoku. You could take one of the other guys. I thought about Ebron, too, because I could have taken a, right. a, you know, a, a receiver from the other team. But I'm going with Hooper, and I, I don't like that part. Yeah. And again, it comes down to Burrow and Hooper, or Burrow and Andrews versus Lamar and Hooper. And I think there's some big gaps with both those. Yeah. And I'm going to take Andrews as my yeah. tight end. So I end up with Burrow, Chubb. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson and Mark Andrews. Yeah, we have none of the same. Not that bad. No, not at all. It, but again, I, th- I think it's you know uh, it, you're gonna if we went head to head with those lineups, mm-hmm. you would win some games based just on Lamar's output. That's what I'm banking on. I'm but thinking the my Andrews thing would would offset that a little bit because Hooper's gonna give me nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is Lamar needs to blow up. I think our receivers and running backs are a wash. Pretty yeah, yeah. I mean, more we're, or less. we're projecting Someone... with Chase, and obviously, you know, if if, Bur- if the Burrow Chase connection works out really well, there'd be mm-hmm. some weeks where that would cancel itself out. Exactly, good point. I mean, but I don't count on Hooper delivering much at all. Yeah, he needs to catch a touchdown here and there to keep me in the loop. Yeah, otherwise, he's one of those three for fifty guys every. Uh... Right. Yeah. Right. That's, right. That's kind of that's kind of tight end hell. See, and <laughs> if I liked Andrews a little better, I would have gone your route. I, I just think. I like him, but he's more like my fifth tight end. And I don't know that he's a great football player. I think he's a good football player. I think in he's good in situation. a good situation, yeah. I think they're going to throw to receivers more. But fantasy tight ends that play a lot and produce, which he will do, yeah. have a lot of value. Yeah. I mean, who goes earlier in drafts, Lamar or Andrews? About the same. They're about the same, they're which about the same. they're not the same player. No. Not even remotely. I think that's why the tight end leagues. The t- leagues that, that you have to start a tight end, um, or these, there are even some leagues out there where tight end catches are, are point and a half. Oh, yeah. Some of them are, yeah, right. They're weighted a little heavier, and then all of a sudden those tight ends, they're, they're more valuable, valuable than the quarterbacks. Right? Without you know, question, yeah. right. Yeah, tight end value leagues are a big deal. 
But to my point, if Andrews and Lamar go about the same round in most drafts we do, Hooper and Burrow don't. Yeah. Hooper doesn't get drafted. Yeah, he's on. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he's, he's not very valuable. Well, you could you could have gone with say Ebron there as well. I mean, thought he, about it. He, honestly, his if you look at his catch totals, we're actually better than Hooper's last. They year. are better than Hooper's, and Hooper has a lot of competition at that position. Yeah. He has two guys fighting with him, and they just and, don't throw the ball that much. No, I I thought about it with Ebron. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, again, neither one of those, none of those, none, no tight end besides Andrews in the division gets drafted for fantasy. Yeah, yeah it's, so uh, at I, least not as a number one, that. right? I mean, you might take somebody for depth, but you're not taking them as a one. Not as one. Yeah. I mean, it'd be serious depth. Now, maybe next year we, we have the same conversation of Friermuth in that mix, but mm-hmm. not right now he is. Not He's that not. right now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll do that again uh, the rest of the week here. We yeah. continue to get closer to draft time. Can't wait. If we do the East, you're going to have to take a Patriot. Ooh. <laughs> that's going to be, yeah, that's tough. You take a tight end, I guess, and live with it. You want to maybe take what? Damian Harris? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, there's some teams you don't want anybody. I don't want to make Jets either. That division, <laughs> yeah, that's more the, I think about that's it. Right. A, that's a tough one, yeah, for yeah, sure. East is rough. Yeah, I want a couple uh, bills, but I can only have one. That's going to do it uh, for the uh, drive today. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Brian Lee Martina, keeping us on the air here throughout the course of the show, we want to thank you. I'm Dale Lally for uh, listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.